Okay, welcome back everybody. Um, we've got the beautiful Keely here. Hello. <laughs> Everyone always sounds so awkward when they say hello. I'm like, wait, you have to act like you're talking to someone, otherwise it just doesn't go down well. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got Keely here. We don't really have like a set topic for the conversation, but I was thinking something like trauma with grief yeah. or something to do with grief um, as a topic just because... Yeah, I felt like that was a pretty broad one that we could go into. Um, for Before we get started, I'll just say a, a trigger warning because we will be chatting about um, heaps of different issues, depression, anxiety, etc. So if that's something that you don't feel like listening today, maybe just swipe off. Um, I always say listen watch Spongebob. I don't know why. That's just something <laughs> that comes to mind. I don't know. Um but Keely, take the reins. Tell us. Hello. What's your name? What's your age? Where I'm, are you from? <laughs> I'm Keely. I'm 21, almost turning 22. I live in Brighton and I'm currently a student over in America um, studying communication. I'm on a basketball scholarship. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. But, yeah, I'm back home visiting family and friends. So, yeah. And do you like living there? What's the vibes? Yeah, I do love it. It's a good... Um, very good lifestyle. Mm. I get spoon fed, but it is very intense. Um, it <laughs> Different is, to here. The yeah, uni here. 100%. Yeah. The college life is amazing. Um, and yeah, I do really enjoy it. I have really good friends over there, but there's no place like home and I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying being back, but I'm also very excited to go back for my senior year. Cool. Um, and do you have plans of, I think we chatted about this before, but do you want to stay or do you want to come back home for the for the remainder um well I have a one more year left and oh, then cool. I'll get my degree but I also have an opportunity to extend that to another year if I wanted to um but I think I will come back after I get my degree and just kind of you know find my feet and figure out what I want to do next but yeah there is that option to you know go exploring for another year maybe get my master's but yeah who knows I have no I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow let alone yeah, go same like literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, why? Obviously, I I messaged you. Well, I messaged you like May before you were coming home. Yeah. Um, because I was kind of plan. I didn't know you were actually coming home. I was just kind of planning to do it over the phone or online yeah. or something like that. But it came good time. Yeah. You're going home. Yeah. Um, but why did you want to come on? Obviously, I know why I wanted you on. But why did you want to come on? Um, I don't know, I guess just to speak about my experience and, you know, like obviously everyone goes through their own, you know, personal issues in their life, but I think, you know, spreading awareness and letting people know that they're not alone, um, can really help definitely in my situation, knowing that there's other people out there that have gone through a similar situation or, you know, something along the lines of that really did help me through my struggles so I think that yeah like when you messaged me I was you know it was always going to be a yes because I think that it's super important to you know spread awareness and you know everyone's story is different but I think that I feel like if I can you know tell my story how I want it um it can help you know another person um yeah that's that's great that's a great explanation reason (laughs) um but before we chat about your experience with your dad and stuff like that, I also want to know like your background with your understanding as a child or did you have any experience with mental health issues when you were younger and stuff like that? Um, 
not necessarily I look at my childhood and I guess I still am kind of still in that I don't know I am definitely growing up and you know a lot of things coming my way but growing up as a child I think I was very naive and I didn't you know I was in school and I just had tunnel vision I was always you know worried about my friends and like I wasn't really aware of my surroundings in that sense so I guess you know I was kind of like a very like mentally healthy person growing up and it was only um you know things that have happened to me that have made me kind of shift that perspective I guess yeah and obviously we both went to the same school obviously you're a year older but I can understand that that perspective of tunnel vision because we never really got any sort of education about it so naive is a good word but it's also like we didn't have any other way to be because there was no other way to be taught. Yeah, no, I um, agree. Mm. Yeah, just no really conversations like we're having now. Like there wasn't really that in high school. It was kind of just worrying about exams and, you mm. know, VCE and just that sort of thing. Mm. Um, it's only really when you step into the outside world where things kind of become real. I feel like there was only really general chats about mental health. Like, oh, if you feel anxiety for exam or... Um, if you're feeling a bit stressed, but like nothing real, 100%. like obviously we're all stressed. It's very light chat. It's yeah. not really, you don't really get into the ins and outs. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously we're all stressed about being put in a room with fucking 200 people yeah. and all being measured by each other's worth. Like, yeah. of course we are, but mm-hmm. not really about the effects of the everything and actually mental health issues 100%. because I could see them around everywhere. Yeah. Um, but before before your dad's passing, was there any kind of after school? Because I know it was after school. It was a year yeah, after school. Yeah, 2019. Because um, I was in year 12. Yeah. Did you have any more education about it after that? Like were you maybe becoming more aware of it after school or just kind of um, the same? Definitely kind of the same. I guess it's weird because before he passed away, I obviously knew that he had been suffering um, for a long time, but I just, you know, I was a teenager. I didn't really like think deeply of it. And Mm. I obviously um, knew that it was a problem, but I didn't realize the consequences or the potential outcomes that were coming my way. And I guess, you know, no one can really prepare themselves for something um, like what I had to go through. But obviously, yeah, I don't don't know. I feel like leading up to it, I had an idea of what, like, could potentially happen. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was still quite young. Yeah. didn't really. Of of course, yeah, yeah, very young age. But going into that, did did it, I don't know if this is a, like you don't have to answer this question, yeah. of course. But around your family, was there much chats about it? Because I know that he did advocate for mental health before yeah. his passing, which was amazing. Yeah. But was it more of like a, yeah, as you said, like a general thing? 100%. I think, I don't know, growing up, we were, we're a very emotional family. Like we talk about each other's feelings like every day. We never mm-hmm. like hold anything in. Like we're yeah. very open. And I think that stems from my parents, especially my dad. He wore his heart on his shoulder 100%. And I think it's so inspiring being his daughter because I feel like I can do the same. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I feel like it's so individual. Like my mental health 
journey is so different to my sisters and my yeah, mom of course. And my dad, but um, yeah. What did you learn after that about mental health? Like, did it change your perspective in a negative way? Because I know a lot of people can get shifted in the wrong direction from like when something like that happens, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I guess, I don't know. Can you kind of rephrase? Is it like, are you talking about the stigma around it? Or yeah. Is it more... Well, did, did you want to become more educated about it after yeah. or were you kind of like more deterred from it because it hurt so much? Yeah, I think I definitely like, just because he was such an advocate, I was like, how can someone you know, mm. do that and be a mental health advocate. It just didn't make sense to me. And mm. I guess I went back to college like pretty soon after. So I just didn't really have much downtime to be mm. thinking deeply into it. But um, I definitely am so passionate about, you know, mental health now. And um, my sister, Danielle, she's starting to be a psychologist and I know that she is going to be amazing. So I don't know, I guess it just changes your perspective in little ways and like little things throughout the day. Definitely. What do you think about that? Is there much education within your school at, in America? Um, like, what's the system differences? Do you find like we're better here, or maybe I think the conversation is better here for sure. Mm. But I think that also is depending on the people you're around. Like, for example, you like you're super open about it. I know that my family's super open about it. My friends, I guess it just kind of depends on the environment you're in. Um, I know that with my experience, a lot of my teammates and coaches and support system over there are super open about it now. And I guess, I don't know, they've kind of learnt a lot through that experience as well because Mm. they were on that journey with me. Mm. What was that day like for you? You don't have to say much of a detail. Mm -hmm. It's obviously whatever you feel comfortable with. But what was your experience with it and what were your thoughts and feelings exactly? Yeah. Um, well, I was a freshman in college, so I was 19 and I went over there in August in 2019 and I was there for three weeks. Um, my mom actually flew over with me to help me settle in, you know, get all the yeah. stuff for the room, my mm. dorm room and stuff. Um, and then she left to go back home and it was only a week or so after mum left um and it was also his birthday and father's day in the same week um and then obviously uh I get a call from mum um obviously was like terrible like I just like as soon as she told me well she couldn't actually tell me it was my sister yeah that told me um I just was in straight denial like Mm. 100% and um was in shock but um, I was in the basketball office for basically like 10 hours, just mm. like surrounded by my coaches and my teammates. Wow. It was like the most special thing I have ever been a part of. That's um, amazing that they were was, all there. Yeah. It was just like in a time of like, I feel like my life was like over and like it obviously turned upside down. I think mm. that they were just like, I don't know where I'd be if I, they, I didn't have them there with me. That's incredible. Um, it was actually so special. And I flew out the next day and um, my family greeted me at the airport. Um, and 
I don't know, I guess with the emotions around it, I, I am very much so a positive person. So Mm. even in like that worst moment of my life, like I kept saying to myself, like, he's in a better place. Mm. Um, Like, obviously it's just like the worst thing that could yeah, happen to course. me. Like I don't, I, I just remember myself saying that because that was the, how I coped. Yeah, of course. Um, and I just, I feel like that's a better way to cope than yeah, yeah. obviously the other way. Yeah, no, there's definitely been times cause it's been like almost three years without him. Mm. And there's definitely been times where I do let myself, you know, say, you know what, this is actually shit, shit, and yeah. I need my dad in my yeah. life. Yeah, hundred percent. You need that time as well to just be like, wow, this fucking sucks. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But definitely in that short period of time where it was so, so, so fresh, I just had to like be there with my family and my mom, and yeah, that's kind of what it was like on that day, and kind of in the weeks after it. How was your journey, like, was there, how did you keep that kind of mentality of, like, he's in a better place, it's it's okay, like, kind of thing? Was there times where that was tested? Um, definitely, I think I got home and obviously everything felt real, but mm. because of the situation and, you know, the matter of him passing I had to just keep positive and I didn't because we didn't know all the ins and outs of like what yeah. had happened yeah. so um you know I just kept saying you know everything's gonna be okay and like I just looked at my family and I was just so lucky to have them because mm. I, I just don't know what I would do if I didn't have both I know we chatted about before the signs of someone in a suicidal state yeah did you believe you saw those signs now that you understand them um not necessarily but i do know that he was taking antidepressants and i do know that he did go off the medication so he did stop taking them i i'm not really sure why but i do know that he must have felt you know, that he was getting, you know, better and on the right track. So he felt the need to go off them. But um, I think, honestly, that led to his demise. But I also think, you know, he, after he passed away, um, they looked into his brain and they saw that he was diagnosed with CTE. Um, so that was after he passed? Yeah. So you didn't know that before? No, you can't. Oh, um, I didn't know that. You can't diagnose that until after they pass away oh really Um, yeah because they have to you know go into the brain yeah yeah of Um, course but yeah so that definitely i think what's the effects of that like did you find that out after because i'm not really educated no mum, my mom went to new york with her best friend and went to an actual like clinic where they you know give you a lot of information about it um and she relayed a lot of that information and basically said that it's kind of similar uh habits or like how do I say this tendencies yeah tendencies to someone with depression like oh wow irrational like irrational Mm. thinking um you know a lot of things like that but the main one was like you know irrational thinking and kind of not thinking like yourself so I think 
that on top of, you know, him going off his medication was definitely, um, you know, a big reason to why he was going on a downward spiral. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, it's important that I do mention that because he, you know, was such a big mental health advocate and he wore his heart on his sleeve. He like showed his emotions 100%, but he also, you know, did, didn't do all the right things to, you know, get himself better. And as I said to you before, not on recording, but you can be such a mental health advocate and still actively struggle and actively be suicidal. Like 100%. I've been in there before. Yeah. That's why, but that's why in a, in a way you are a good person to do it because mm-hmm. you know how it feels. Yeah. Obviously I would never come on here when I'm in that state because mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah. a good thing to do, Yeah. but hundred percent you can be a mental health advocate and still actively be struggling and still actively be having those thoughts Mm -hmm. so i know you said before that you struggle with the feeling of anger of how can you be a mental health advocate when Mm -hmm. you do that yeah but i feel like you are a perfect it's a perfect person to do it because i know how they feel yeah but it is a difficult concept and yeah you can do everything right you can be on your meds you cannot be on your meds Mm -hmm. it's just it's a lot that can contribute to that. Yeah, 100%. And I know um, there is a lot of a lot more research going on with concussions because obviously CTE comes from multiple injuries to the head. So I know that, you know, there's more research going into that, but hopefully it can get better and, yeah, you know, people can, like, see the early signs or, you know, if they do get multiple concussions, that they kind of take it easy. But I know that the protocols are getting better and better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How do you deal with your... I feel like from what I've chatted to you about, Mm -hmm. you feel guilt in like certain ways. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that and why do you think it's still present? Um, mm, I don't know. I feel like when someone passes away in that certain way it you can leave yourself thinking like what I could have done Mm. or you know what could people do or it's just so hard to go down that road though because there is literally nothing that anyone could have done um to stop this from happening because you know he it's just such a hard conversation because it's it is so raw but I do think it's important. I think it's a big part of grief, especially when it comes to issues with depression and and suicide. And suicide. Yeah. Like I think even with parents when they their kids experiencing depression and stuff like that, it's so easy to feel that guilt, like what have I could have done better? Mm-hmm. What 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 am I doing wrong? Yeah. Kind of thing. But coming from my experience of having all of those issues and being actively suicidal there's actually really not a lot that person could have done Mm -hmm. or a family could do. It's really up to that person. Like you can offer support, you can do that, but it's actually really up to that person. And there's so many other external figures. Like, as you said, he suffered those concussions. Mm -hmm. He was off his meds, stuff like that. That really contributes environment, childhood, everything. Definitely. So, but I feel like that part of grief is, is a really tricky one. It is. It's so difficult, but, I, you know, I spoke about before how I was trying to be positive and I just couldn't 
take myself to that point for a very long time because I know that some people can sit in that stage of guilt for a while and I just didn't I just couldn't let myself go there Mm. and I don't think you know with mum and like my sisters they all know and they all said you know there's nothing anyone could have done no um so yeah that's it's the hardest part I think Mm -hmm. of suicide Mm -hmm. for those who are left there yeah um is yeah that part of guilt we know who Danny is like he like wouldn't want us to think that like he loved like we know he loves us and he it just wasn't him like it wasn't Danny like it something took over like Mm. you know the CTE going off the meds like that took over in that moment and that's what I've you know come to the conclusion of and yeah I guess that's kind of helped but you know it is it's yeah it's still hard still a process Mm -hmm. but that's definitely true and and I can say from perspective when you're and I don't know if that's what he went through Mm -hmm. um but for me when going through that kind of depression depressive or suicidal state I don't think of anyone else I'm not thinking or blaming it's just something that's within me and then I can kind of grasp reality I'm like wait no so yeah I, Mm -hmm. I I like that idea of like not like it, but I agree with that idea of something taking over yeah. and, and it not like being that person. Definitely the irrational thinking mm. bit. Like when you are in that state of mind, I feel like you don't think. Oh, you not at do. all. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I don't think that there's anything else being considered. Mm-hmm. And yeah, irrational irrationality is a big part of being in like a depressive manic yeah. state Yeah, because I don't know if you – um have like listened to the episode I did with Alyssa um D'Amelio it's my second episode about BPD but when you get in like manic episodes you can get irrationality mm-hmm. um and I think it's one of the worst feelings it sucks yeah um and really hard to manage yeah but I think that will I think that hopefully helps you in that feelings of guilt yeah of just knowing and you know who your dad is you know who he was you 100%, know yeah his message like he wouldn't advocate for mental health if yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I'm glad that you're you're processing in your journey mm-hmm. and still going still it, healing it's still gonna it's ever uh, never ending yeah I think yeah Definitely. But it's just people like you and people like my family and, you know, it's what gets me through and it's what, you know, it definitely does help having such a good support system. And I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. I know you said before that you kind of wanted to educate yourself more. What did you do in order to do that? Um, well, in terms of the process getting back to America, because I, after he passed away, I had three weeks at home and then I got a message from school saying that if I didn't come back and like start, because I'm obviously studying over there. Yeah. But if I didn't start studying, I'd have to redshirt. What's that mean? Which basically means I'd have to um, do another year of study just because I wouldn't be able to get my credits because I miss so much school already. Like missing a certain period of time of school. Yeah. um, I would have to do that extra year. So I was just like really reflecting and trying to figure out what to do what to do and like it would have been so easy to stay home and be with family but I I had a conversation with dad in my head and I was just like no he would definitely want me 
over there pursuing my dreams and he wouldn't want anything holding me back. So I guess that was kind of the process of me being able to actually get on the plane. Yeah, I was going to say. Was him and like my, you know, desire to live out my dream. Mm. Um, in terms of the education, I didn't really, I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot of people come to me with their... I don't know. Struggles? Yeah. Yeah. And like that is so, like, I really do enjoy being that person because I feel like I can reflect on my experience, Mm. but it's also just like a lot to carry. And I'm sure you feel the same with that, with like, Mm. you know, speaking to other people about different things. Yeah, for sure. um, Yeah, I guess that in, in an education standpoint, I think, yeah, just speaking and like, letting people know this is how it is or this is how I'm feeling and Mm. also being a good listener as well Mm. because someone else's experience can be totally different and you know it can kind of it's kind of interesting because what might be hard for someone might be like you know walk in the park but yeah you never know what someone's going through what was your relationship like with your dad surrounding like emotions and stuff like that because I feel like it is a big conception of like you don't speak to your dad about your emotions. Like mm-hmm. I know with my father, he'll try his hardest, but it's so hard for him to completely understand from a girl's perspective. Yeah. Like if I talk about a guy or something like that, he's like, yeah. girl, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what did you have an experience with him like that? Like um, did you guys connect on that level? Because I know you guys did both did professional sport. Yeah. Like would you connect like with that? Yeah, 100% of – my dad and I's relationship was very like it's all it was never boring like we I'm literally the mini version of him really I get told that every day like I literally have his walk like everyone's (laughs) like oh my god that's Danny and it's so unattractive it's literally like Shrek (laughs) it's so bad what do you mean Shrek's gorgeous oh he's so hot I love that Um, man but yeah no we're literally like twins so we clashed heads so much Oh, really? Um, yeah, like 100%. But anything to do with sport, I would just, you know, listen because he. I looked up to him so much and, you know, he played AFL. So, like, I just knew that he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we definitely had a very unique relationship and a very special one because, you know, like I said, I remember saying something like when he passed away, it was like, He's never really gone because I just look in the mirror and I just see like my dad and like I'm literally like the female version of him. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of doing this life process for me, but also like for him mm. as well. Mm. Did he ever want you to play AFL? Did you play? I don't yeah, remember. So you played for school. I remember yeah, that. I yeah, I played. So old Halebury. Yeah. That's kind of new for the woman's side. My sister, Chelsea, like started that up. Um, oh, I didn't know she started yeah, that. What and, a queen. Um, Good on her. So her and Danielle played under dad while he coached there. Yeah, I, I, I know he coached I filled there. in for a couple of games and it was it was very fun. Like he he was so passionate about it. And because, you know, he'd never really won a premiership before like playing or coaching. So mm. he won a premiership in, I think it was 2018 with my sisters playing. And it was oh, such a core memory for him and for them, like, it was so amazing. Wow. Yeah, but I do um, – I am thinking, you know, maybe one day I'll put the boots on, have a kick. You knows? should. Yeah. You should. You should go play for old Halebury again when you come back. Oh, yeah, I think I might. I think yeah. my best friend, Indy, and I will 
um, try, <laughs> try give it a go. I'll come as well. Yes, I can't no. play. Did you ever play with me? No, I Awful. didn't. Awful. <laughs> Awful. No, like criminal. <laughs> like Sienna and India would laugh at me. No. Yeah, I was bad. Oh my God. Yeah, they're bullies. Fuck those, <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> I'm joking. Love you too. Um, yeah, can't play for you for shit. Um, but when did you start playing basketball and did he like, did the, he start you with that or you wanted to play it yourself? Um, I started playing, oh God, probably when I was like four, like super, super young. Um, but I played like, I think every sport under the sun. Like I played soccer, mm. tennis, netball, basketball, footy. Um, and then as I grew up, it kind of just nailed down to basketball. And my sister, older sister, Chelsea, went to Syracuse for rowing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So we went to visit her for Christmas one year. And I just remember going, because I was 14 at the time. Mm. I remember going and just saying, wow, like this is such a cool thing to do. And like just a once in a lifetime opportunity and just seeing her enjoy herself so much in like that environment and like I love basketball and I just Mm. I just saw myself doing that at that age um and so I started the recruiting process pretty early and then landed myself a spot yeah Um, I was gonna ask you was that always the plan like yeah yeah with school and stuff like that to go there I think yeah at the age of 14 it was like solidified for Mm. me Mm. um but I did also love netball a lot it just didn't take me to America so yeah you're like basketball's yeah definitely that's funny but how was the support from friends and family after your dad's passing? How did that, obviously, I know you talked about your teammates and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but was it hard connecting with home when you were over there yeah. or was it more like a good thing? Um, that's an, such an interesting question because I do talk a lot about this with my mom in terms of like the grieving process mm-hmm. and you know, soon after he passed, you know, they were all together, you know, like dealing with it while I was over in America. And I think in a way it helped me because I was away from the media. I was away from, yeah, you know, things that reminded me of him. Um, at the time, I think that was like what I needed and I pursued basketball, but it wasn't until I came back home that March. So March, 2020, where everything just hit me like a brick wall. I got Mm. home. I was like, where is dad? Like he should be walking in any minute. Mm. So I think that in terms of my grieving process, maybe it was put on hold for a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because, um, gave you a bit of time. Yeah, exactly. Like process. And, um, you know, they talk about, I think the five or six stages of grief. Um, the first one's denial. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think I definitely circled all through those stages, but they just come at random times. Like you just mm. never know when you're going to feel it. But definitely when I came back home in March, it was definitely a huge. And they were at a different stage. Yeah. I, th- I think That's so. Interesting, I, yeah. But also interesting like you just never know like it's so individual that's that's such an interesting concept that you go through all those stages like at different times like it doesn't stop i know that's like i'm I've still never, i've never thought about on that the, i think it's like the hopeful i mm. mean i don't know it's like sometimes i get sad i'm, I'm angry at him like mm. it just comes in waves but i definitely think you know he would want us all to turn a corner and um, oh yeah for sure but obviously yeah it's harder than it's that. um it's kind yeah. of it's the saying i remember someone telling me like i'll never actually 
get over the loss of him but it's just like how i deal with it will make it mm. you know easier and you know it's just the support system that really gets me yeah me through yeah exactly but I, d- I do find that interesting of yeah kind of going back to those those phases and never like getting over them but i mm-hmm. think it gets maybe it gets to a point where it doesn't take over your life yeah. but like those emotions are still there yeah but it's not like a phase that you're in like permanently yeah like no. you're just circling through them kind of yeah. thing but you said about being angry. How did you deal with being angry? Because I feel like that's such a difficult concept. How do you be angry at someone yeah, who's passed? I know. Um, I was just angry because I remember my family. So Danielle, Chelsea and mum came over to Portland for Christmas in 2019. And that was only like three or four months after he passed away. And I was just like, why isn't he here? Like, he Mm. should be here. He should be watching me play basketball, like, Mm. over in America. Like, I just got so mad. And how I got myself out of that, I literally looked in front of me and saw my family. And I was like, there's no reason for me to be mad. I have such a good support system right in front of me. And I just have to, you know, take every day as it comes. But I just, it makes you realize how important the people who are in front of you are. Like... Mm you seriously like hug the people you love like tell them you love them because like oh my god you always read that and then it's 100%. like 100 and then it happens and you're like oh, yeah oh it's true yeah <laughs> like no, and definitely i yeah i've just become so much more empathetic to the people grateful. that have gone through a similar situation or i look at things differently yeah there's definitely although it's like i want him back like I would do anything to have him back. Like there has been so much positive like influence from it just because, you know, so many people have messaged me. So many people have opened up to me and it's just so amazing to see the vulnerability. Mm. And and I feel like St. Kilda would have never really, not that they would have been against it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that that initiative probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And it's yeah. a great initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a positive. Yeah, 100%. There's, I feel like the AFL has And if been... there's anything to come from it, it's like we need to stop it from happening to other families or, you know, yeah. like try, like, help those people who are going through a similar situation. And I think that's super important. I think it's a... Um, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a, a positive you can say because... I would have footy is such a thing that is watched by fathers. Yeah. And there's a lot of advocation for younger girls and mm-hmm. younger guys in a sense. Like we see it all the time. Like it's okay not to be okay. We see it all the time on yeah. our feed. Um, more than like a father would or a mother would. So to see the AFL kind of do that, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Because they all, my dad yeah. watches it all the time. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect him to see it on Instagram, you yeah. know. So I think they did a positive by doing that. Yeah. But how has that helped? Has that helped you heal, or do you think what what else would you need to heal? Just time. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it's an amazing thing that it's happened, like Spud's game and the initiative. But it is like a reminder that he can't be here to see it, mm. and I think he would love that, and especially with the Danny Frawley. Center for Health and Wellbeing up and running. Like, it's so amazing. Like, I literally stand in there and just look around and I'm like, this is for you. Like, this is all for you. And, like, you're helping so many people. And it it's such a 
mix of emotions because it's like, oh, I just wish you could see this, but it's also just mm. amazing that he can help others mm. while still not being here, you know? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I really want to go. Yeah. No, you should. We should do a few laps in the pool. I will be. I can't swim. (laughs) I can't do anything. Floaties. All I can do is lift a weight (laughs) and throw it. That's all I can do. I need need floaties. What else do they have at the Danny Foley Center? Um, Pilates, don't they? Yes, they do. And they have these cool rooms where you can use like, um, they're called like recovery boots and like theragons and stuff. And they have, you know, I think they're going to have like psychologist rooms and wow. other things like that but there's a lot of like seminars that go on and a lot of like mental health talks and stuff so that's awesome yeah no it's really cool have you how many have you been yeah a few so times? i've been a couple times and yeah they have like his big fat head right on the center of the um kitchen so really yeah it's amazing like a statue like, yeah it's kind of like i don't know how to i don't know what that's so it's like cute. literally on the wall like yeah it's, <laughs> that's gorgeous yeah, it's really where cool. is it again Moorabbin oh yeah cool. yeah it's like oh right yeah, near next the Saint, to the Saint Kilda yeah yeah, yeah cool yeah. um that's awesome so yeah. it's it's sponsored by AIA was it yeah like yeah. they built it yeah yeah cool um yeah that's amazing when is Bud's game I want you to do a little shout out for that as well um June seventeenth cool. against the Bombers, Saints versus the Bombers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be really, really fun. And I know we've done a couple um, skits and stuff for it at the moment. But yeah, you should buy. Go to the link in my bio and buy a virtual footy for <laughs> um, you or your mate or anyone who you think might be struggling because it's going towards such a great cause. And you know, it's you know, the legacy that, you know, dad's left. What is going to help you for the future and what has helped you? Like, what is go- What do you think is your way forward? Do you think being home, being um, back in Portland? I think... Doing these initiatives? Yeah. Um, just, like, taking it every day as it comes. But I also think what really helps me is just, like, keeping the conversation going because I do think the stigma around mental health you know people who vulnerably vulnerably say that they have a struggling with depression or anxiety or something like that they shouldn't be looked at in a negative way and mm. it shouldn't be a yeah negative thing to like have I think that the more we talk about it the more those stigmas are just going to keep tearing down and I think that's super important I think although there has been progress with obviously a lot, especially with what the AFL has done and stuff like that, um, I still think there's a long way to go. Like, as you said, I feel like it is talked about on a pretty broad scheme. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much much detail that needs – and there's more education. Like, I reckon people in this area or our area here have no fucking clue. Yeah. Like, they'll know about depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. but not really, like, the ins and outs or, like – Stuff like that, even yeah. how to identify it, how to deal with it, because yeah, yeah it's a it's it a so hard thing. It is so difficult, especially when you mention identify. Like you could see, like I don't know, my dad walked into a room and he was the like light of the room. He was so bouncy. Um, you could never outgoing. see it. You just couldn't, yeah. and that's why it's so important just to be nice to people. Mm. Like you just actually have no idea what they're going through. Yeah, and like hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly, like you. <laughs> 
it's 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 a scary thing and that's why i don't really like um that idea of like you know when people say there's like three identifications of a stroke Mm-hmm. Like they'll try to do that with mental health. I don't really like that mm-hmm. just because you can actually really not tell. Yeah. Like I swear to God, sometimes when I've been in my darkest I guess, place, I was acting like I was I know. the happiest on I earth. I guess there is like small signs, especially if you have like a close friend that might be like withdrawing or, you know, maybe acting a little different. It I feel like be... just more long term. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's more like you have to watch them for a while. Yeah. And be like, oh, what's going on there yeah. kind of thing. But it's um, also super important that, like you can you feel free to go to your friends or like mm. your family and say you know i'm struggling at the moment exactly and it's it's it should be get to a point where we don't have to look out for those signs because they just we just get told yeah. Yeah. kind of thing as well as like to notice those signs we need to know how to like cope with them as well and like what yeah. to do when we see them yeah like 100%. for me even like i'm advocate for mental health but there's still so many instances i go through and i'm like i don't know what to do yeah like someone showing me these signs i'm so confused on where to go Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and they're different between ages as well like between younger and yeah adults kids you know what i mean definitely so the education around it needs to be way more increased but it's just yeah it's very hard in like a environment where the school system is very stagnant it's probably mm-hmm. not going to change mm-hmm. but then I, I know um i was talking to you about it before but these guys called um speak share do like a initiative where they're trying to go to schools and stuff like that oh, they're yeah. all teachers they're really lovely mm-hmm. um to try to educate about mental health and that's really awesome because yeah just getting that at a young age is perfect because yeah. people like our parents definitely would have never had awareness of exactly. that even us like in primary school or high school like especially with social media just like continuing to advance i feel like there's just going to be more oh it's getting worse going to be more prone to oh, you know for sure. feeling insecure and having anxious thoughts so i think that's super cool <laughs> i saw this video on tiktok i didn't show it it's like this girl and she's imitating her like going through it yeah. going through tiktok and she's like oh that girl's really pretty i feel depressed i'm fat <laughs> oh that girl has everything i feel depressed oh. i'm poor and like you know what someone would be saying that looking i, at I her. do that like someone would be saying oh, that yeah. looking at her oh yeah true like she needs to know that yeah. like everyone is just it's so bad it's... but I, I love i'm addicted to tiktok it's yeah. badass oh, um but yeah, basically the issues are getting worse, but that means hopefully the education gets better, which is yeah. it's great that it's obviously increasing. Yeah. And we have that to thank for your dad, of course, yeah. because he did that, do those initiatives before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you guys are only going to further that and you guys are doing a great job. Oh, I'm very proud you. of you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for coming on. Of is there course. anything else you kind of want to... Um. Plug, no, plug your bio you, link. Thank you so, thank you so much for having me on here. No, it was really that's okay, girl, nice. Pop. My inbox is always open for anyone who might be going through it tough. You know, you're not alone. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's okay. Um, and as always, I'll put links to different types of helplines in the description and in the bio. Um, I always do that. They're all great. They're all amazing. I. I've talked to Beyond Blue Headspace. They're all mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, educate yourself, educate your friends, yeah. and hug the people you love. Yeah. Hug the people you love. Come here, Georgia. Kill <laughs> Come here, love. <laughs>